0: Fly, eagles fly on the road to victory. Fight fight, 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 fight. Eagles fight. Score a touchdown. One, two, one, two, three. Hit them low, hit them high, and watch our eagles fly. Fly, eagles fly on the road to victory. E A G L E S,
1: eagles.
0: Welcome to episode 53 of All the Small Takes. I'm here with John and Cooper, the full crew. For the first time in a couple weeks, we're all back together. And it's good because it's been a big, big couple of weeks for the boys on the podcast for a lot of reasons that we're going to get into. But how are you guys doing?
2: I'm doing great. I mean, I'm exhausted from my sojourn down to Mississippi and then staying up late to watch the Cats throttle Michigan, uh, the scumbags of the world. Uh, So... Other than that, (laughs) it's pretty great.
0: No cats. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to stay up late to watch your team win a national championship.
2: No, it's fine. It's a cross-eyed bear. I'll I'll offer it (laughs) up.
1: Cooper, what about you? I've been better. I'm uh, currently living with one, you know, short one toe. I have like nine toes right now. Because I stubbed one of my toes last night, and it was the worst thing in the world. And it's all black right now. And which toe is it? Wait, bad,
0: bad podcasting. Show us the toe.
2: Oh gosh! Uh, really
1: I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll send you a picture later. Um, tweet it. It's,
2: yeah, okay. tweet it. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> we'll lose all of our followers immediately. Um, it's my right pinky toe.
0: Mm, pinky toes. Still so on the wait,
2: style. how did maybe you me, how did you stub that? Maybe
1: second least important toe. Long
2: no, st- no, no. Pinky toes are are crucial for balance, Cooper.
1: They are. I've been yeah. like walking on my heels all day, and it sucks. <laughs> so long story longer. I've been sleeping on the floor next to the dog huh. crate Uh-oh. because oh, no. I'm in the doghouse. No, <laughs> get real. I'm not in the doghouse. <laughs> so, uh, to crate train my dog is what we are currently doing. He was somehow regressed and it's, you know, in his house training. We have, you know, put him in the crate and he doesn't like that. So I sleep next to him until he like calms down and goes to sleep. Anyways, I'm getting up and I stub my toe on, I think a sound machine because our kid is also sleeping in our room because he is sick with a cold and my whole toe like busts open. Like blood everywhere. It was the worst like toe stubbing I've ever had. By far. It was awful. I'm glad you're I'm like taking pain meds today. <laughs> in all seriousness. That's the only way I'm doing this podcast right now.
0: You're playing through injury. Are you hurt or injured?
1: Uh dead. Which one's worse? Injured. I'm definitely injured.
0: Well, you're showing a lot of grit. And also shout out to Barrett, even though it sounds like he's having a little hard time. Um, he's the official official dog of all the small takes. We love he's
1: him. Little Brett. He just misses football. Okay, he's him. a football dog. Him. Yeah, he does. He misses Ohio State football. That's it.
2: Well, the, spring just, ga-
0: the spring game's gonna roll around and he'll he'll bounce right back.
2: He's regressed just like his namesake, you know.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, from freshman year to senior year. It's oh, true. Just,
2: he's he's never gonna be like that. That first year form, you
1: know? Nope, never ever, ever again. But it's okay. He's got a week and a half until spring football comes back. We'll the spring game, and so then all will be good.
0: Okay, so we uh we had
1: one, two national championships from our teams
0: the past week, and we spent four minutes talking about Cooper toe. <laughs> so we're off to a hot start. It's we more. are gonna get into uh we'll get into that really quickly though. You can find us on Twitter. Cooper, did you tweet to start the episode? I know you're you're also playing
1: without your phone, so even more. Yeah, hurt. I don't have my phone next to me for like the first time since I've become our social media. Uh, Our CEO or, or whatever CEO, whatever. Yeah, CEO. I don't have it next to me. I haven't tweeted yet. Okay. I don't like. What is the the you know computer version, desktop version of Twitter? It sucks.
0: I think it's twitter.com.
1: That's how yeah. you would get there. Okay. It's still Twitter. I'll Google it. T w i t t e r.
0: Dot com. Anyway, check us out on Instagram, where we don't post. Uh, Facebook, all the small takes, where we don't post. Gmail. You can email us, the gmail is open, All the small text at gmail.com and leave a review on iTunes, uh, subscribe. I was actually looking through our reviews. It's been a minute since we've had a review, but I was perusing the page today to try to figure out what number of episode we were on, and uh, enjoying that early on we had a lot of reviews, and those have fallen off sharply, so if you guys wanted to pick that back up, maybe, like, I'm not saying you should create some burner uh, iTunes accounts, but... It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you created some burner iTunes accounts. We could use the bump. All right, anyway, let's get into it. Do we have any housekeeping? We have, I had have one housekeeping thing because there's not really a good place to bring this up otherwise. Notre Dame plays Michigan in the Frozen Four tomorrow, I believe, Thursday, if you're listening to this. You guys going to watch? Um, do, we, do we hate Michigan hockey?
2: Yeah, of course we do.
0: Do we hate Michigan hockey more than we hate Michigan basketball? Yes. No. No.
2: Yeah. I know nothing about Michigan hockey. Really? Sad news. What do you know about
1: Michigan hockey? Yeah, please, John.
2: Well, we played them a couple times when we were an undergrad, and they are now in our conference. And we beat them twice this year to win the Big Ten regular season title and then to win the Big Ten tournament title. They're stuck-up jerks who think for whatever reason that they're the best hockey program in the world, and they're not. Their band has an inflated ego, and they like to say kind of disgusting things about other other teams' player. They chant things that would make your mother blush.
0: Is this specifically the hockey band?
2: This is specifically the hockey band, mm-hmm. but also all their fans because they join in the hockey band. <laughs> if okay. you recall, Notre Dame's hockey band used to um, blame the goal the other team's goalie when we scored. But we don't do that anymore because that wasn't nice, um, and that is really that really pales in comparison to what Michigan does. Uh, so,
0: okay, so so we don't we don't like Michigan. I don't know That's who it.
1: I'm rooting for in this game. You,
0: you don't know totally. who you're rooting for in the Notre Dame
1: versus Michigan hockey game. Cooper, are you kidding
2: me? Do, are,
1: do you hear yourself? Yeah, because Ohio State plays Minnesota Duluth on the other side of the bracket, Ooh. and so I get into one of those other like love us. Yeah, where I hate myself if when Notre Dame plays Ohio State. Hockey though.
2: So just have Ohio yeah, State I don't really lose. care. Ohio yeah. State's not good at hockey, you know? So
1: I don't know. They're in the final they're in the frozen four. And so clearly the Big Ten yeah. is the best hockey conference. Is the it's Big so Ten nice. Big Ten bad for college hockey?
0: Clearly. I mean they got three of the four. I don't know. All I know is uh if they win, they better grease up the light poles here in Columbus. Ohio <laughs> State wins. <laughs> I don't know. The city the city might not be able to sustain. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, that was longer hockey talk than I anticipated, but that's good. Check out
2: Notre Dame, Michigan,
0: uh, probably tonight as you, you're listening to this. To more important things.
2: John, I'm gonna ask a you anything. You mentioned that two of our teams won national championships last week. It did. It was actually three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Notre, Notre, Dame fencing. Fencing. Notre Dame fencing. Yeah. Yes, Notre <laughs> Dame, Dame fencing. Boston,
0: Notre Dame fencing. Thank you. That was a great catch. I apologize. Notre Dame fencing might actually be bad for college fencing. Aren't they like perennially...
2: We have like 11 fencing national championships or something. Yeah. And they've been doing it for I think 20 years or something like that. <laughs> yep.
0: That's all I got. But shout out to Notre Dame fencing. Okay. So thank you for the correction. Three teams. That was the first. The second. Which this was am- this was just all-around all, all around awesome weekend for Notre Dame women's basketball. So Saturday... They play UConn, the Goliath to Notre Dame's David for what seems like has been, I don't know, the past 15 years. Muffin McGraw, Gene Ariama, certainly no love lost there. I don't know if there was a, do they do point spreads? They must. I don't know what the spread was, but Notre Dame had to have been heavy underdogs against UConn this game. Notre Dame has lost three players, had lost three players on their team to ACL injuries this year. Four players,
1: John's telling Four me.
2: players. We had more ACL injuries than we had losses. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's like the best, most awful statistics from the, you know, tournament for women's basketball.
0: Uh, but regardless, Notre Dame comes out and beats UConn on Saturday night. We'll start there. Uh, no, actually, let's just talk about the whole thing because then they come out and actually Mississippi State probably looked more in control in that game than UConn ever looked in the, uh, Semifinal game. Mississippi State looked like they were going to pull away. Notre Dame hung tough and uh, ended up winning on a game-winning shot by Arike Agubawale, who also hit the game-winning shot against UConn on Saturday night. So we'll start there. Is Arike Agubawale uh, better than Kobe Bryant?
2: She won more in college than Kobe did. <laughs> That's a fact. Mm-hmm. More college national championships than Kobe ever had. I, I mean, this is, this is a great game. I was on a flight to Atlanta with my brother-in-law and my wife, and we were, we got off the plane with 40, well, with, like, a little more than a minute to go, and we finally got to a TV at, like, the Atlanta Bread Company or something, one of the weird sidebars in the Atlanta airport, along with, like, five or six other Notre Dame fans were standing outside watching the game with 40 seconds to go, and Enrique takes the shot, and my brother and I, brother-in-law and I both groan, because we're like, gosh, that's a terrible shot. And then it rainbows all the way around and goes right in. And there were a couple of Mississippi State alums behind us. And we all shout and scream and high-five, and they just quietly walk off to their gate. Um, that was great. It was cool. a, it. was really traumatic for the McMackin household, though, to be honest.
0: Mm, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You uh, You kind of were in a position where either way this ended up, you were going to be – were you going to be pleased with either outcome?
2: So – a little bit, but not a lot. Um, a little bit because Mississippi State's never won a national championship in anything, so you know, getting that first one, there'd be there'd be some good vibes there for my younger sister uh, and her institution, and my future younger brother's institution, um, and my younger brother's future institution. That sounded weird. Sorry, <clears throat> it's been a long, a long, long week, but not really. I was I was pulling for Notre Dame the whole way, and it was it's ecstatic to watch to have Muffet and McGraw win. Finally won another national title after being denied so many times before.
0: Uh, Cooper, you didn't get the chance to watch the national championship game, did
1: you? Yeah. No, I was really upset about it because I was way more interested, I think, in the women's Final Four than the men's Final Four. I just It was way more exciting.
0: Yeah, every single game came down to the wire. The, mm-hmm. the first semifinal between uh, Louisville oh, and Mississippi State oh, yeah. went to overtime. Notre Dame-UConn went to overtime. And I thought – but going back to the Notre Dame-UConn game, Notre Dame, I think they were up five with like 20 seconds left. UConn hits yeah. a three, they get fouled, they inbound, and the inbound pass gets stolen, layup, overtime. I thought they were done, toast at that point. But that, that was amazing resilience from a team that has obviously displayed resilience all year with four ACL injuries. Yeah, it was just, it was just awesome to see. Um, the other thing I wanted to call out was Jessica Shepard,
2: Yes, kind of the, I was going to talk about that. I
0: think she was the unsung hero of the Notre Dame team, especially in the final against Mississippi State. She had 18 points, led the team in scoring. And if you watch the replay of the final uh, play where Arika hit the game winning, they were trying to get it to Shepard. She held her own, especially against, uh, and her name is escaping me, but the six-foot-seven. 6'7". Uh, uh,
2: yeah, it's like Takira Collins or something. Like yeah,
0: she was giving up like four or five inches, and she held her own and had a killer game. So I want to give give that the credit that it was due because she was she kept them in that game when it looked like it was going to get away from them.
2: Oh yeah, and like the, the crazy thing with the UConn game was they were like challenging Shepard to score, and so they were like giving they were giving up like a little bit of the key to her pretty much on every possession, and she ate them alive. And then she did the same thing against Mississippi State, even though like the whole they were gassed after that UConn game. There was there was a streak going where the team that that beat UConn in the final four went on to lose the national title just because it's such an emotionally exhausting thing to beat UConn in the, in the NCAA tournament. And I know Shepard played amazing. She, and she really fueled that, that team. Cause that, that, uh, the shot a Goomba Wale made was uh, against Mississippi state was the first three she made that night, which is just like a Testament to Muffet's like trust and like understanding her players and knowing like that, you know, knowing where the ball goes at the end of the game. Like, who's oh. going to take that shot for you? And it's, well, I
1: think it was a broken play. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, they were trying to get the ball inside, and I think Enrique just came to the ball and got it. I don't think that was ever designed, which makes it even better. Uh-huh. And Aaron
2: McCowan. Sorry, that's that's Mississippi State's center's yes. name, Aaron McCowan.
1: They were able to get her in foul trouble, too, and
0: Shepard was a big part of that. But that that kind of changed the dynamic of the game in, like, the third quarter when Notre Dame came back was when they were able to get McCown um, in foul trouble. And just to close the loop in case my opening comment didn't make sense, um, the, the Arike greater than Kobe question came because um, after her game-winning shot against UConn, Kobe tweeted at her and gave her some props, and she tweeted back, like, life made uh, – or what was it? What, what, was, how did, what did she exactly say? Life complete. Mm-hmm. She said, and Kobe replied and said, no, life complete when you win tomorrow. And then she went out and did it and hit the most important shot of her life. So that was that was pretty sweet.
2: there's a movement because Agumba Wale is, I believe, only a junior and Shep Shepherd might be a junior too. There's a couple of girls on the team that are, like key girl key players that are coming back next year is uh to get Agumba Wale to be the Irish Mamba. I'm definitely behind that.
0: And I'm in full support of that.
2: Hashtag Irish Mamba Mamba you know?
0: mentality. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Okay, so uh, congratulations again, Notre Dame, fighting Irish women's national champions. Let's move on to the men's side. John, as has been mentioned before, um, it's been a a hot year for Philadelphia sports and for John's teams and just continued with uh, Villanova winning the national championship on Monday night. Uh, Cooper, you did not stay up to watch it, as you told us, which I think you made a a good decision because the game, it seemed like, Michigan came out with a lot of energy and kind of put Villanova on their heels a little bit. And then as soon as Villanova like figured out, oh yeah, we are by far away the best team in the country. We have better players on every position on the court. We can sh- every single player on the court can shoot a three pointer. Um, it was never really competitive. Like they just kind of held it at an arm's length. I don't know, John. Was that your read on it? Were you ever nervous? Well- I
2: guess. I mean, yeah, I was I was nervous at the beginning because it looked like Michigan had their number for a bit, but then like, I don't know, maybe six minutes into the game or something, Jay Jay Wright took a timeout and he did what Tony Bennett didn't do and kind of tore up a bit of the game plan and was like, "All right, we're going to play a bit differently." And like the announcers noticed it because they started talking about how like Villanova had the highest one of the highest like assist to points ratio where almost like almost every basket they were taking was was an assisted basket and they switched to just a lot of ISO ball and a lot of individual shot creation um, because Michigan's team is set up to pick off passes when you try to move the ball around too much that's really what they thrive on and they tried to break it down into individual matchups and that worked and it worked really well and then in the second half Michigan came out and they tried to adjust to that. And then Villanova kind of went back a bit more to their kind of team-based game and a bit away from like hero, a little individual hero ball. And at that point, Michigan was, was pretty much done. I mean, it was different. It was a different game talking to the, talking to the the resident Wildcats and the McMackin family. Um, because this is, this is Nova's third championship. And it was utterly unlike, um, 1985 or 2016. I mean, the cats were, underdogs in both of those 1985 is I think widely regarded as one of the best upset one of the greatest upsets in tournament history I mean taking down the Georgetown Goliath and then 20 yeah and then 2016 featured two two buzzer beater shots one by UNC to kind of maybe win the game and then one by Chris Jenkins to actually win the game and it was just it's a very very different feeling for Villanova to be able to just come out and grind down another team and have, like, a 20-point lead with less than a minute to go.
0: Um. Villanova went 6-0 and against the spread in the NCAA tournament. That, that like, and, and, I mean, those are games where they were favored in a lot of cases by pretty high margins. So the fact that they were able to win and cover in all those games tells you how dominant they were throughout the tournament. Really, like, they weren't ever challenged, save for maybe West Virginia, like, mm-hmm. like, challenged in the second half of a game. Cooper, I know you didn't watch, but any thoughts?
1: A little, yeah. I mean, I'm super frustrated that, College sports has decided to put champion like championship games on super late, uh, so that's take number one. Imagine. Take number two is I think uh, Villanova plays a brand of basketball that college basketball just they're just not ready for yet. It's it's actually it looks a lot like NBA basketball. It's a you know I think I I texted you guys during the group chat that you know we made that joke about. Daryl Morey would be like, you know, way too excited watching Villanova play basketball because that's exactly how the NBA is kind of set up. Uh, you know, you get your in- interior shots, your layups, and your dunks, and you shoot lots of threes. Uh, the first half in their game against Kansas, where they shot, I think maybe three times more threes than they attempted, you know, two point uh, field goals, it was insane. And I just don't think college teams know how to defend it. It's pretty impressive.
0: They have the personnel to do it, which I think, like to my point, to what I said earlier, of every guy on the floor when they like with their starting five is capable of stepping out and hitting a three-point shot. Exactly.
1: No, I just think like it's hard for uh, college basketball teams to be able to switch every position one through five, which is, I think is really what you need to do to be able to defend the three uh, when you have you know five guys who can shoot it really well. And Michigan, I think maybe had the personnel. I mean, the closest match to be able to do that. But they just couldn't.
2: And that was what Villanova did really, really well on offense. Once uh, on defense, once they adjusted, was Michigan's Michigan's game plan is really switch some switch a small guy onto one of their larger one of their larger players, or one of their more athletic guys, and then try to blow past them. And it was I think it was like amazing to watch short guys like Phil Booth try to defend Mo Wagner. Is that his name? Wagner. I don't know, Wagner. Yeah, whatever his name was to, to just like stick with them. Um, it was it was great.
0: I do think Michigan Michigan would have been like. Because Wagner plays the five for them, and he's capable of stepping out, hitting threes, and he's an athletic big. But they had to play a perfect game to have any chance of hanging with Villanova. That just goes to show how good Villanova is this year. Which guy in Villanova, uh, John Cooper, to the point of this being like an NBA team? Which one do you like? Do you think there are any? Because none of them are really like the. They don't really do the one and done game. Um, no, Bridges.
1: So
0: you think yeah. Bridges is Because he, he's gone. He, he's he's, he's he Yeah. So you think he's the best NBA prospect they have?
1: Yeah. His length well, his athleticism on defense is gonna like translate, I think, pretty immediately. And yeah, he can plug and shoot, I think, pretty well. So yeah, I'd have to go with Bridges.
2: I think I think Brunson could do a lot on a bad team. I don't know what I don't know where he would fit on like a, a good NBA team or like a competitor. If you put him on like the Suns or something, I think he could be successful for a bit just because he's so good at creating his own shots.
0: His game yeah, baffles yeah. me.
2: It yeah. baffles me that he? he's able to
0: get post moves yeah. in on guys that are, seem to be. I, I see bigger than he looks because the shots that he gets off, he's getting separation from guys and like making doing post moves. And he's a guard. It, I don't think that translates to the NBA well because you just put like a tall, like six foot seven two guard on him and he's toast.
2: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't think it translates well to a highly competitive environment. But I think I think like if you put him on the Kings or you put him on the Suns. Oh, you put him on the nets. I think he can you could be one of those guys like uh, like what's his face? Michael Carter Williams was for the Sixers at the beginning of the process when he won rookie of the year. Yeah, you know, he was great. And then we shipped him off to the Bucks and now he hasn't been good ever.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Brunson and Archie Di- Diacono had to be in high uh high usage scenarios where they get the ball in their hands a lot. Did you mean to say DiVincenza? I did. Whatever. <laughs> They're
2: the same. It's okay. No, no, it's Gillespie that is the same as Archie Diacono. He is. <laughs> they
1: even look alike. too.
0: <laughs> they do look too much alike. I don't know. They're all just kind of, I don't know, would you call him gritty? Like-
2: I, I wouldn't call DiVincenzo gritty. I would call him good.
1: <laughs> like, uh, he's
2: got the NCAA record for points in a game, right? And points in a tournament game? now.
1: Really? Eh. Google. Back check.
2: He broke some most record. points in a tournament game. Seems it like was, he,
0: he scored like thirty-two points or something. It like was that. a points
2: like, record that was thirty-one that he broke. He, and I don't it, know if it, it was
1: have been. Like, oh, okay, game. it's definitely not tournament game. Okay, most yeah, maybe is game fifty-eight. Game.
0: Confirmed, Confirmed, he did not right. score fifty-eight points. We're not close uh, there. I think Jim that. Nance would have fainted if he scored fifty-eight points. Jim Nance might have perished on the spot.
2: That would have been that would have been crazy. No,
1: someone. What scored. a week for Jim Nance. We're getting this later, but. He goes Someone right from, from Kansas in the fifties, scored thirty three, so it's not that either. I don't
2: know. I don't know what it was then.
1: Oh, Bill Want, Bill Walton had forty four and thirteen rebounds, made huh. twenty one of his twenty two field goals.
2: That's insane. It was. I mean, it was only up there really briefly, so I never, I never really got to see it. But all right.
0: Anyway, congrats, John. Another Philly win. I, I said that Philly is becoming the new Boston. You both disagree with me vehemently, but. You look around. Sixers are on the rise. Little tease for where we're going next. They're uh, half game back of the three spot in the East. You got Nova. You got the Eagles. The the Phillies are like two years away from being the new Astros. I don't know, man. I don't know. The Flyers. Oh yeah, hockey.
2: Flyers are in playoff contention right now.
0: (laughs) And they're
1: fifth in the Metropolitan.
2: That doesn't matter because, like you know, in hockey you like push all the teams together, and then you divide by two, and you (laughs) add back for like the number of goals they score in overtime, and then you know it's like no, yeah, and then they just let every team into the playoffs anyway.
0: Maybe we should just devote like next week's episode entirely to explaining the NHL playoff format.
2: That would be very helpful. Yeah. Uh,
0: Speaking of the playoffs, let's talk some NBA. Now we've got John and Cooper in the same. Virtual room, and there is even less space between the Sixers and the Cavs. Half game, as we say here tonight. The Sixers are playing currently, John.
2: Yeah, they're playing the Pistons. They're they're playing winning. the
0: Pistons, they're winning. They have a chance to move into a tie, the Cleveland Cavaliers, for the three c in the East with like six games to go, seven, six games to go. I think it's four. Four,
1: yeah. Cooper.
0: Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about the Cavs' panic button. Where are you? Where are you on the Cavs getting caught by the Sixers panic button?
1: Does it matter? Okay, so high, I guess. Sure. Does it I, matter, I guess, if the it Cavs It does not get caught. matter. If I'm a Cavs fan, I'd actually probably rather get the four seed. Which I am a Cavs fan. I'd rather have the four seed. A, so I can go watch them play <laughs> the Pacers in Indiana. You know, because Pacers are lining up to be the 5th seed. And I'd rather play the Raptors in the series after that than the Celtics. Because you know LeBron's shown the past two matchups against the Raptors, he just owns them. Like he owns Canada, essentially. Uh,
0: John, does it matter to you if the Sixers can catch the Cavs?
2: Uh, I think it matters a little bit, just um, for comparison's sake. Because then you compare them to the Bucks and you compare them to the Timberwolves. And right now, I mean, right now they have more wins than both teams. But also, it. I think it also shows that the process worked to a certain extent. And when we talked about the NBA playoffs last time as a group, I said that the Bucks were really the, the benchmark, and if the Sixers could get past them, they would be, you know, they would, would show that they've been that this had been successful and that they were on the right track. And I think that's I think that's true that they are, um, especially with Fultz getting back in the lineup
0: and promptly I'm, injuring your best player. And
2: you know, promptly running into Joel <laughs> and breaking his eye. Um, <laughs>
0: I did love, really? uh, hopped up on painkillers slash
2: like whatever they were, had,
0: had drugs they had him on. Joel would tweets. Yeah.
2: It, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was when he tweeted it at Rihanna. That was. <laughs> yes. yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Joel. Uh, I just don't think it matters because I think, like, I'm looking at all the teams in the East and the team I'm most afraid of is the Sixers. And so, like, regardless of where you, you know, four games left, the Cavs are going to. They're gonna play each other in the you know Eastern Conference Finals, not anytime sooner. So I don't care if I'm third or fourth. I don't. I mean, I guess home court, but I also don't think that matters with LeBron. So I don't yeah, know. I'm not scared of the Raptors. I'm not really scared of the Celtics that much either.
2: Yeah, I think it's more of a prestige thing. I I I am also scared of the Pacers. Um, I just because I think they are sneakily well put together and very gritty. Yeah, like they they can any given night they could actually play. And like you could say that of, you know, Miami or the Wizards too. It's just I think the Pacers get that any given night a little more consistently than the Wizards and the Pacers. The Wizards and the Heat do. So I would if we can avoid playing Pacers, that would be great. I would much rather play the Heat in the first round than than them. And so I mean there's that to it also, but all, all the all the East teams are kind of this, the same once you get into once you get and eight, I think they're all very similar. So
0: you guys could just do like a gentleman swap of the three and
1: four, then just like a handshake agreement. Oh, I yeah. think so. Yeah, I think
2: I think that'd be fair. The Sixers can
1: beat the Cavaliers on, on Friday. Friday. Yep, and then that'll take care of the deal.
2: Yeah,
0: and they both have uh, pretty easy home like stretches of games here in yeah. the season. Yeah, the Cats got through the rough stretch. Yeah, Celtics play the Raptors as we speak.
2: Ooh, huge which, is, game.
0: which is a very big game. They're two back of Toronto. Um, I don't know which seed I want. I'm kind of, as a just based on history alone, this may not have any factual bearing, but I'm terrified of the Wizards. Like, I, I, I don't think the Celtics want anything to do with it. I think the Wizards have zero fear of Boston. And they want to kill them.
2: Yeah, there's, yeah, there's that
0: them. factor that is very strong. They're I'm also sure. like
2: the Three Stooges sometimes, though. You know, the Wizards?
0: But I, and then we talked about this in a prior podcast. I think that they're going to show up in the playoffs. That's a, that's a team. I think they're scarier than Indy or Miami.
1: Why? The team this year. I will, talent. Okay. talent. I know talent. I know talent. But like statistically, the team is worse and they just look worse with John Wall on the team. Like you just watch a game of the Wizards playing, they look worse than when he was not there.
0: I just think yeah. when it comes down to it in a playoff series, like you need a guy who can take the ball. And be the alpha, and I don't Bradley know Beal. Bradley Beale or John Wall, and that they well, they can't figure out who is who and who's yeah the exactly. There
1: are two alphas. Beta,
0: but alphas. who's the alpha on the, the Pacers? Victor Oladipo? Yeah, yeah clear. very playoff. clearly. Yeah, in, yes. in all in all of his playoff experience. Sure. Well,
2: his team his teammates don't hate him, also, you know. And emotion matters in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it does, and I think the emotion of how much the Wizards hate the Celtics is stronger than how much they hate each other.
2: I don't know. I would I want not,
0: nothing to do with the Wizards. I
2: would not bet on that. Especially,
0: especially with about, the
1: Celtics. Do they have a black uniform that they can wear every single game? That's serious. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I do not want anything to do with the Wizards, uh, especially because the Celtics right now have like 20% of their team healthy. They're playing like their G League team right now. So it would be it's huge the if they could, uh, they could slide into the yeah. one spot and get like Milwaukee or I guess it probably is definitely Milwaukee. Detroit is probably well, all, but, well, all but eliminated.
2: Yeah. Milwaukee, Washington, and Miami are all tied. Yeah, in this big spot technically right now. there's tiebreakers and separate them. So. I
1: actually think the better question is, Jeff, how close are you just to this, like blowing up the season for the Celtics?
0: No, I mean I think realistically, especially with what happened with Hayward in the first five minutes of the season this year, like next year is a better looking year, better looking window for the Celtics than this year. I think most fans will acknowledge that. But I also think that there's, I mean, with Cleveland being a weaker version of itself and Toronto, I I don't trust Toronto in the playoffs yet. Like, there's certainly, this is the widest open the Eastern Conference has been since, like, since LeBron came to Miami. Is that fair to say? No. Really? I don't
1: think that's fair to say. I actually think Cavs look really good. I think LeBron's probably playing the best basketball of his career. And he's not even, like, in playoff mode yet. Yeah, but, but I think I, LeBron I, I, is very scary. He's playing very scary basketball right now. He
0: is, and if, if I had to put my money on a team in the playoffs, of course I'm going to put it on the Cavs because LeBron is LeBron, but I think it's the weakest version of a LeBron team we've seen since his first, maybe not his first year in Miami, but yeah, his first year in Miami because even then they rolled the Eastern Conference. So uh, I think the window's open this year. I think it's more open next year for the Celtics.
2: What if LeBron joins the Sixers, though?
0: It's just a crazy thought. Become awesome a huge 6% with you.
2: Would be so dope.
0: <laughs> uh, I would have to quit the podcast. I think. Yeah, I don't if think. Guys, I don't, I don't
2: I think, think you can kind of withstand me. I
0: don't know if you realize this, but you could just end me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it'd be so great! I'm it's really great. good at
0: asking you guys questions and pitting you against each other, and occasionally taking a side. But if you guys ever united forces, I would.
2: I would not do well. Is is Jason Tatum going to get better next year, Jeff?
0: Jason Tatum was top 3 rookie of the year conversation. I know, what but are you I'm, talking about? I'm
2: asking has you have he You a
0: rookie who can't shoot.
2: Has he hit What, well, yeah, but, but I have a we have a rookie who can't shoot. Two rookies
0: who, who can't who, shoot. Who, yeah, who two they, rookies.
2: yeah, who they think who they still think are better than Jason Tatum, but I'm asking has Jason wow. Tatum hit his I don't believe that. I bet is better him than that Jason
1: hour. Tatum. Jason Tatum is better than Markel Fultz. Ben Simmons also is not a rookie. Yeah, Jason Tatum is better than Mark
2: Huffles. I know, yeah. but I'm saying but I'm saying has he fulfilled his potential or is there more he can get to?
0: there's absolutely more. He's twenty.
2: I'm just
1: saying. Yeah, I think he can get a lot more athletic. He can
0: he can kind of plateau post game. No, that's that's silly. He can absolutely get better. He's going to get better. That's mm. why I think the window only gets wider for the Celtics next year.
1: Well, Al Horford gets yeah. one year older.
0: Mm, this is yeah, true. Fine. Also, you Kyrie. you one of those guys Kyrie like Giannis Haslam. Yeah, how
1: many more <laughs> minimally invasive surgeries can you have on your knee? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: All right, let's move on. <laughs> no, I actually am nervous about Kyrie. Come back, Kyrie, please. Um, we kind of did this in the East through this little discussion. Let's do the West. We, we were going to kind of do this as a segment. We can just talk about it. Teams 5C or lower in the West, which, which of those teams – and nothing is set yet, but it's like the San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Minnesota uh, Pelicans bunch. If you're Houston, Golden State, who, who, which team strikes
1: the most fear into your heart, Cooper? I'm gonna relook at the standings here. Okay. Sure, I forgot sure. the Blazers were actually in the third spot. Because that's who I was gonna say, and that's awkward because I posted this question. So I'm gonna go with the <laughs> Thunder. I think I said this a couple weeks ago. Like I wouldn't want to play the Thunder at all. I know they're awful. I know they've played awful. It looks like they have absolutely no chemistry. Mello is like, I don't know, 30% the player that he once was um, because all he does is post up and shoot threes. And Paul George, apparently, I read a little report that his jumper is mechanically broken. Um, I don't know what that means. But Russell Westbrook is very scary and can put up 41 against Golden State like last night and keep the Thunder in the game even though they lost. So... I would not want to play them just because they have three All-Stars, all maybe three future Hall of Famers, and one player who can be the best player on the court in any given series. You could say what you just
0: said verbatim about the Washington Wizards.
1: No three, way. Yeah, three so Hall of Famers? No. Three
2: issues? No. Two no. All-Stars? No. There are not three potential Hall of Famers. No. No, okay,
0: yes, to a less of a degree, but – that's, Otto, a, that, that's a laden with ta- I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go back to that. But as you were saying that, you could have been describing the Wizards.
2: No, yeah. only in a fantasy world.
1: And John Wall is nowhere near as good as Russell Westbrook is. Yeah, he's not either.
2: any given night the best player on the floor. I, I, no.
1: I, I mean, yeah, the Thunder could play literally any team, any team in the NBA, Cavs included. And Russell Westbrook could be the best player on the court.
0: That's fair. They They are more talented, but the argument is very similar. I still think
1: Stephen Adams is probably the most underrated big in the NBA.
0: John, what about you? Which teams in the West scare you?
2: Yeah, so I would just say the Spurs, um, not because they're particularly great, but because they have a coach who could maybe cause you a lot of issues in the first round of the playoffs. I, I wouldn't put it past Popovich, and to get to be able to get his team going at the right moment. And I mean, they're forty-five and thirty-three, so they they are tied with the the Jazz for the four spot. So they're. They're not bad this year, um, despite all of the bizarre things going on there with Kawhi Leonard. Um, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge is also kind of starting to play like LaMarcus Aldridge of old, maybe. Who knows? But I would I would just pick the Spurs. I mean, OKC is really scary, too, because in theory they can rest Russ Westbrook for like two minutes and not get into a 15-point hole all of a sudden, because they could just leave Paul George on the floor. So that seemed to be their Achilles heel, Achilles heel last year. So. I don't know. Probably
0: the Spurs. Yeah, the Kawhi situation's weird. Yeah, really strange. And, and, and imagine if this was happening with any other, like, imagine this happening in Cleveland. You had, I don't know, like LeBron saying he was sitting out.
1: But I think to some like degree, it would also thing. be, like, more understandable. It's like that is happening to the Spurs and the pop, I think, is what makes this all the more insane. See, I think it's been underreported though.
0: Like, I think yeah. I think if this were happening in Cleveland, it would be like, yeah. I mean, the media had a field day when J.R. Smith threw a bowl of soup on an assistant coach. Yeah. Imagine if their best player was refusing to play even when doctors had cleared him. It's, it's just it's strange
1: to me. Mm-hmm. Anything else in the
0: NBA? I can't wait for the playoffs, actually. This NBA playoffs this year. Sorry. I mean, also, the other year is, no, I'm
1: just going back to that. Underreported injury. injury story would be Kyrie going to see other doctors <laughs> instead of the Celtics doctors because <laughs> they ruined Isaiah Thomas's career. Yeah, i like got no like, reports.
2: Has no he? Has about he that,
1: except I think like maybe Bill Simmons. Has he talked to
2: TB12 or anything like that? <laughs> Guerrero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's been eating too many tomatoes.
2: <laughs> got to cut down
0: on the acidity. Anything else in the NBA? I am very excited for the playoffs. It's going to be fun. This year, I think, especially.
2: Trust um, the process.
0: Yeah. All, for the first time since we've known each other, all three of our teams will be in the playoffs. It'll be a fun time. All right, let's do it. Dope or not, we're gonna do a, a quick rundown of everything else that's happening in sports outside of what we just talked about, which is professional and college basketball. We'll start with the Masters this weekend. Um, yeah, Tiger they're all Woods. Dope. Yeah, Tiger <laughs> Woods. Everyone rooting for him. Dope or not.
2: Dope. Good for golf. Good for Tiger. It's a feel-good story. Tiger's not a scumbag <laughs> anymore. You know, <laughs> what what is it there to like? <laughs>
1: Uh, Cooper. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is super dope. No one seems to like move the meter like Tiger does. I think across like any sport, the amount of influence that Tiger has on golf is uh, absolutely insane. It is kind of weird that we're kind of rooting for a complete and total scumbag, but
2: well, but he's not a scumbag anymore. More That's more why scumbag. we're rooting for him. He went to went to rehab. He's gotten good with his family. And he's learned how to play golf again. And he's not treating reporters like a jerk.
1: So I mean, He only know. had that, like, what, that OVI, like, a year ago, right?
2: Yeah, where was he bad? thought he was in. Yeah, he was also on. Really yeah,
1: I know. I still think it's dope. Like, I'm, I'm oh, watching it because dope. of Tiger.
2: Well, I was going to watch the Masters anyway. It's just way more exciting because Tiger's there.
1: Jim Nance,
0: speaking those sultry tones to you on a Saturday afternoon. Lots of naps. That's, Lots of naps. The uh, suns,
2: that's the alias, you know. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, I think the Tiger thing is super dope too. I read something really cool that, that put this in perspective that he's playing against a bunch of guys who a generation of golfers who got into golf solely because of Tiger Woods. And I and I hope it comes down to like him versus Jordan Spieth or him versus like one of these up, young up and comers, Justin Thomas. I think that'd Justin be cool. Thomas. It'd also be cool if it's like him and Phil. That would be a fun little duel too.
2: Or like a five way playoff between him, and Phil, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, and Jordan Spieth.
0: Ricky's my guy. Ricky is long. Ricky is gonna get off the major, the no majors. Uh, yeah, Ricky's like, like five years overdue for. Yes, for he's bacon. not
2: gonna be young pretty soon. He's if
0: not be Tiger, old. Ricky. That's that's where I stand. Oh. Um, one other Masters note: <laughs> we we we. Uh, this just happened. This is kind of breaking news. This happened today. Uh, a golfer named Tony Fanau made a hole in one during the par three today. Was running down the fairway and. Uh, pretty grotesquely dislocated his ankle and then proceeds not five seconds later to pop it back into place.
2: He, he, he takes like two fingers and he just like looks down and is like oh yeah it's out of place and you think <laughs> he's just like rubbing it but he just like pushes a bit and it's like nope no, alright there we go just walk on it again you're fine walk it off.
0: So was it dope or not John?
2: Gosh it was when I, mean, I just watched it like I don't know right before we started podcasting yeah, we
0: live react to it.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, it's kind of dope. It's not like it's not like as gross as uh, the guy from Louisville.
1: Kevin uh, Ware. That's Ward. what all, all injuries uh, now get compared to. On the Kevin uh-huh.
2: Ware spectrum, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not there. Not there.
1: Where does Gordon Hayward
0: rank on the Kevin Ware spectrum? Oh, my
2: gosh. Oh, gosh. That's well, like- the, the, the noise of him hitting the floor, oh. that is, I think, one of the worst parts of that one. Mm. Ugh. He's close. Actually, he might be past it. Sorry. Yeah.
0: Didn't mean to take us to this dark place. Uh, Cooper, you
1: you were the one that brought this up. Is this dope or not? This, uh... Super dope. I've like never wanted to get more into golf. <laughs> 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 so say- much grit, like so tough. I love it. Like golf is now more, I don't know, more physical than football. It's Contact awesome. Sport. Yeah. He was hurt, not injured. I think most of us would have been, most of us would have been injured, but he was just hurt. Yeah.
0: Um, I think this is potentially not dope if it keeps him from being able to actually play in the Masters. That's Mm -hmm. the part that I... Especially because it's uh, his first one. Yeah, you you don't want to see that. So, hopefully it popped back in the right way. He's just able to... He looked like he was limping after it, but at least he was walking. Uh, Let's do a couple more dope or not. uh, Dope or nots. Shohei Otani. We have to talk baseball. Um, Shohei Otani. Two-way sensation from Japan. Pitched in his first major league game, six innings, got the win, and then last night and today hit two home run, hit a home run both games. He now has two. Is this is dope or not, Cooper. Not dope. it's baseball. Oh God, I knew you were going to say that. John, <laughs> what about you? Please? Save me.
2: Okay, so partly dope, but not as dope as it could be, because unfortunately, Sho- Shohei Otani plays in the garbage uh, league as opposed to the national league. And if he played in the National League where pitches are actually, you know, empowered to hit, then he would be an all-star. And instead he plays in Garbage American League uh, where he's stigmatized because he likes to hit, you know? Very sad. No, Sad.
0: No, you're wrong. He would be more, I, I agree he would be more valuable in the National League, but this was incredibly dope. All Especially right, hold the, on. The silent so, treatment, the, uh, the dugout silent treatment last night. Cooper, what?
1: Yeah, I have a question for you. Please, baseball nerds. This is why I don't understand about baseball. One of my like many disagreements with it. Why is a walk abbreviated as BB? Based on balls. I understand that, but like, can't we come up with something that like seems to make like is more intuitive? i will call it Bobs. We'll call them Bobs. No, I just want to call it like. Can we put like a WK or something?
2: No, Ks no. are Ks are strikeouts. Yeah, no,
0: you're cross pollinating with your. And why uh, are Ks traditions? strikeouts? That doesn't okay. even make
1: sense.
0: You I used, know, I used you, to know the answer. To this. You only use the
2: first thirteen letters in baseball uh, stats. That's the rule. Only use the first thirteen letters of the alphabet.
0: John, do you know why it's a backwards K for looking strikeout?
2: Um, because you look like an idiot. <laughs> I actually, I actually don't know the answer. I was hoping you would. I'll Google it real quick though, if you want okay. me to. Yeah. Uh, while while we're while we're doing this, let's catch up from earlier in the podcast. Dante Divincenzo scored the most points in a championship game since Miles Simon scored thirty for Arizona in ninety seven, and also scored the most points ever by a bench player in an NCAA national championship.
0: Mm. I would do it. That that's your. Uh, I knew there was like a qualification out there that we were missing.
1: <laughs> no, it's just like baseball abbreviations make no sense to me, and I kind of want to rewrite all of them. I want to rewrite all the unwritten rules let's well do that. that yeah
2: okay uh used chose k for strikeout uh chadwick who is an old sports reporter because k is the prominent letter of the word strike which was used more frequently than strike <laughs> out and he used mm-hmm. s for sacrifice mm-hmm.
1: and uh you know b is the most prominent letter in the word walk
2: <laughs>
1: Base
0: on balls <laughs> Cooper. Stupid. Baseball is dumb. <laughs> I'm going to make you like baseball at some point.
1: Will never happen. The Reds could win five World Series in a row, and I still wouldn't care. He
2: he was one of the most prominent sports writers in New York City in the 1860s. Mm.
0: That's the most baseball thing ever, that they're still using <laughs> an abbreviation from the 1860s, from the Civil War. Uh, I love it. Uh, let's do one more, Dope or Not. Cooper, see, I'm going to cater to you now. Blaton. MLS. My man. Came oh. on the scene with a burst. Oh, with so good. I mean, I think I know we're all going to land on this. His his opening game scores two goals, including one of the coolest I've ever seen. Uh,
1: Cooper was that dope or not? Everything about this story is so dope. <laughs> Just everything. Zlatan coming on in like the 70th minute as a sub. His team's down two goals and they managed to win four to three. He's you know scores two of them. His quote after the game in their little interview, where it was like, he said something along the lines of, like, I could hear them like asking for his lots on. I gave them Zlatan. <laughs> He's just a man.
0: Did you see what He's he did in the paper when he came to? Oh, yeah.
1: You're yeah. welcome. LA. That. You're welcome. Zlatan.
2: Well, I, I have an alternative theory for why K is used. Um, not just because it's the most prominent letter in strike, but because it is the last letter in struck. So. It's that. Both both related to Henry Chadwick, the pioneer of baseball scorekeeping.
0: Shout out Henry Chadwick.
2: Yeah. Uh, Um, That was a dope goal. I loved it. Uh, A lot because it looked like he just kind of looked at the field and was like, this is easy. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Why am I even here? <laughs> Wait, this is what
1: you guys
0: call soccer in America?
1: <laughs> that's, that's the best part of the story. He's played like 30 minutes of soccer in like a year. Comes over to MLS, just tears it up in 20 minutes. <laughs> 34 years old, coming off an ACL. <laughs> Can I ask a question really yeah. quickly?
0: Is this whole like Zlatan shtick real, or is it like...
1: Oh, I think, think it's, it's a shtick. He knows what he's doing.
2: Yeah. I think it's yeah. on yeah. brand. He does yeah. it too consistently for it not to be a stick.
1: I yeah.
0: I mean it almost seems like
1: a pro wrestling thing.
0: Like he's like a character.
1: Well yeah, I mean he kind of is. I think he's he? he's built his brand that way.
0: But there's uh, no other athlete that really has like a comparable like that much of like an extreme persona that differs. Like, I assume he's not like he didn't really mean you're welcome to the city of Los Angeles for coming and playing for their
1: team. No, I don't I don't think, think there's a comp for him in any other space. No, sport. there really isn't. Yeah, I think what I constantly compare him to is, and not in like their similarities, but in their differences would be Cristiano. I think Cristiano Ronaldo knows um, how good he is and he takes himself very seriously. And I think Zlatan does not take himself that seriously and does it all to build his brand and out of humor and things like that.
2: That's why he's the answer for American soccer. (laughs) The more, the better he can be, the, uh, the more the MLS can rise.
0: Can you play for the national team? (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: can you get dual citizenship in time no no
2: he's already no. capped out
0: <laughs> all right all right let's do the waste of data let's finish up the show um, i'll start and i'll kick it to you guys uh my waste of data is get up the new show on espn mornings from seven to ten uh, i watched the first episode on monday and was not impressed um the numbers seem to bear that out too it Underperformed pretty significantly from Sports Center in a, the same time slot, and it takes takes away from the one time a day where I think Sports Center has the most captive eyeballs. I guess the only other time it might would be like Van Pelt, which they've done a great job with his like late night Sports Center, but the morning Sports Center was the second biggest. Yeah, the sixth was a failed experiment. I yeah. think this is going to end up being uh, a similar type of uh, endeavor, and it's unfortunate because I do like. Michelle Beadle and Jalen Rose. I'm not the biggest Greenie fan, but I
1: think that's the thing here. Yeah, not to interrupt you, but I just think Please. like no one likes Greenie.
2: I like Greenie. I mean, well, it's just
1: like everyone. I think is on the Golic side of that debate. Yes, and like, I think a lot of people don't time. want to watch that show because of Greenie. I
2: I think the problem is there are too many people on the show. I think it could be successful. Like in the 10 minutes I watched of it, I think it could be successful with like Jalen Rose and Michelle Beadle or Jalen Rose and Greenberg, or Beatle and Greenberg. But all three of them there is just too much. And I think they're just so different that it just, I don't know, it, it not, it's not a very well put together show. Yeah,
0: sports talk shows of three people suck.
2: Agreed. <laughs>
1: Amen. Yeah, I know. Uh, what about you guys? Cooper. Sure. Right. Yeah. Sweet, yeah. Thanks for bringing me in there. So stupid Lebron stats are my wasted data because they're coming up everywhere now, and they, I would imagine they continue to be a thing for the next twenty years or however long Lebron ends up playing. Um, and it's just like some of them are cool, I guess. Like I get, you know, I want to know that Lebron, you know, scored in double digits for eight hundred and sixty-seven straight games or whatever and broke that record. But it's getting a little nonsensical, like counting how many. 20-point games LeBron has had. Now he's third on that list all-time, or the most points scored in you know 15th season or later. I think when all is said and done, LeBron's going to be at the top of most stat categories. And um, it kind of just seems like a content filler now, and I'm kind of sick of it. All right, John, finish this up.
2: Yeah, um, so mine is a Bleacher Report article entitled Nobody Saw This Villanova Dynasty Coming. Straight garbage. Um, you obviously have not spent any time in the McMacken household. And you obviously don't believe in the mystique of the Cats uh, or of Jay Wright, the best-dressed coach ever, period. I was going to say in college basketball, but it's, it's really just any, any sport. Um, and I think, I, I, just like tagging onto this, I don't think we appreciated the uh, Bob Huggins-Jay Wright matchup enough. <laughs> the clash of styles with the sweatsuit versus the three-piece suit. It's really, it's a, it's a rare treat now that they're not in the same conference. And it's one that we ought to cherish every time it happens. But um, let me just introduce you to Beth and Jim McMacken, you philly-hating scumbag. Um, so go, Cats.
0: <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Mr. and Mrs. McMacken.
2: Okay, well, Jim is my brother. Um, uh, Beth, uh, Beth is my mother. Yeah.
0: Sorry, Jim. Jim, a, a, a podcast guest from moons ago. Sorry. I, was and a,
2: a, a very devoted listener. But, uh, I mean, we could shout out Les McMacken, too. He's, yeah,
0: shout he's, out to the whole McMacken family.
2: Uh, Papa Cat. But he's, he went to Temple, so, you know, house divided a bit. He supports the cats, though. Y- you got to support the cats. It's kind of a rule.
0: Support the cats. Raise the cats.
2: Hashtag raise the cat.
0: All right. That's the show for the week. Thank you guys for tuning in. This week's All This Ball Takes. We appreciate it. Uh, check out all of our social media. Check out Twitter, especially. It's where we're most active. It's where you can reach us most easily. Let us know what you thought of this week or any other episode. And uh, we'll be back until then.
2: So, go cats.